Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Well, joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Chris Prather. Chris and his BowersBowlingTour.com teammates won an eagle this year in Reno. I thought it'd be great to catch up with Chris as he also bowled collegiately as a shocker out there in uh, Wichita, Kansas. So, Chris, I want to thank you for joining me today. How's it going, guys? Well, before we get too far into this interview, I should mention the person who usually is sitting beside me in these interviews from Storm is usually Steve Klemkin. Steve is actually at Junior Goal doing what he can to promote Storm and Rotogrip and help promote bowling. So, actually, we have Storm's technical staff manager, Chad McLean, so, Chad, talk about collegiate bowling, how you've been a part of the sport, and also people may remember you and know you from bowling back east and the regionals and such. I was back east and uh, grew up bowling in Atlanta and moved to Florida a few years after that. Um, and I actually co- coached collegiately. I, I didn't get a chance to bowl collegiately, uh, but I did coach the team for a little bit behind Mike Piva, uh, which is a good friend of Steve's and uh, Gordon Vatican and Coach Mark Lewis there at Wichita is a real, real neat group of guys there. So I uh, kind of followed him in his footsteps for a bit and uh, coached the team there for about six years and was a storm staffer and, you know, did the regional circuit quite a bit and had my own shop. And then uh, an opportunity arose at Storm and the day uh, about a year and a half ago now, Steve called me and said, hey, would you be interested in coming out being one of our technicians so the rest is history and steve is now you know he's hit the ground running with his marketing uh executive director of marketing he's doing a pretty awesome job you know like you said tim he's out on assignment now at junior gold and growing the growing the brand growing the sport and all that fun stuff so while he's doing that i am i've been left in charge of ball development and production and making sure everything goes smoothly with uh you know the catalog balls and the overseas stuff. So it's been it's been a very fast but enjoyable ride. It, it honestly it doesn't really seem like work. So we have a lot of fun here, and that's that's kind of it in a nutshell, really. <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, speaking of having fun, that's what me and Steve like doing on these interviews: getting to chat with collegiate players, coaches, everyone associated with the game of collegiate bowling, and just kind of creating and helping the audience understand and gain some insight if you're either looking to bowl in college, if you're that high school player who's maybe trying to decide on a school that's good for them, or if you're someone who's just thinking, wow, you know, this is just an interesting uh, conversation and trying to gain some knowledge. Because even if you're not aspiring to bowl in college, I I believe that there's some stuff you can take from these because a lot of college play is geared around team play. And Chris, you can hop in here too, but that's where ultimately you can take your team play like you're able to do in your time at Wichita. You bowled there for two years and you go out to the USBC Open Championships and put it all together and uh, now you're a Eagles winner. So uh, Chris, thanks for joining me and let's, uh, let's, I guess, talk about that and how you were able to use some of your experience at Wichita and even just a familiarity with the guys to, uh, to win that first Eagle for you. Oh, thanks, Tim. Yeah, the uh, pretty much... Wichita is all about team play. Everything is team-oriented. Team workouts, uh, team practices, team dinners, everything is team. Uh, trying to get that team chemistry as high 
as you can and get the guys, you know, as, as close as we can. And, you know, everybody always talks about when you go to college, you create friendships that last a lifetime. Well, whenever you go to a place like Wichita, it's more of uh, a brotherhood. You have guys that are going to stand by you for the rest of your life. They're always going to want to be around you. And it's just a, an experience that you can't get anywhere else. And basically, Wichita teaches you how to play lanes together. You know, be able to say, like, for me, I bowled with Brent Bowers, Mitch Hupe, Zach Rhodes, and Justin Zwaschka. I could, you know, let's say Justin happened to leave a four pin or something like that. I could single him out and be able to say, all right, for you, this is kind of what I see. And, you know, suggest a move to him. Whereas for Mitch, it might not be the same. And same thing for Brent and, and Zach. And it, it gets you a little bit more in depth into what each person is like and what they like to see and everything like that. So I think it's why they've been so uh, successful at the college level for 40 years now. And I really think that all five of us going to Wichita really boosted our confidence when it came to the team event and breaking down the pattern the way that we did to try to, uh, you know, make it as easy as we could considering the pattern was so flat and so difficult. It just really helped that we were able to gel together the way that we were. Boy, Chris, I tell you what, I spent some time at uh, Wichita a few weeks ago uh, with, you know, Gordon and Mark, and I had the chance to meet and hang out quite a bit with two of, two of the guys on your team, uh, Brent and Justin, and I'm very much a fan of those two. Those really good kids, really smart, and um, kind of going back to what you said about the team play uh, at this camp, we had uh, about 50 or 60 so high school age bowlers, and one of the drills uh, – Coach uh, Vatican and uh, AJ Johnson or uh, AJ Chapman, I'm sorry, and uh, and I did. I, I just kind of followed along. Uh, you know, Coach had uh, AJ throw a few shots, one outside of the track, one in the track, one left of the track, and uh, all the kids, you know, back there watching him throw some shots. And then he gets the kids to close their eyes, and and then they kind of report back to him what adjustment he should make and we did this on four different lanes no one knew the pattern they just watched the ball mm -hmm. motion and uh they you know and aj had uh you know a benchmark ball uh you know a, a big ball and he had something that's not so aggressive and then they uh they give coach the feedback with the what he should be doing to make the adjustment to make the best shot so what you said about knowing you know someone else's game was oh so important and i and i know they stress that a lot at wichita so i can definitely see that what what you i can confirm what you said is something that they stress quite a bit there uh in kansas yeah for sure and the the big thing especially in the the team aspect of it that we were taught was you know whenever we would go to a tournament in uh at wichita we wouldn't rely on Coach V or Coach L whenever we were bowling the tournament. It would all be it'd be the, the six or eight of us, however many were on the team, and we would it would be us eight, and then if we still didn't know or we still were confused, then we went to the coach. So it was very you you didn't really rely on the other seven guys, but you 
worked with those seven guys uh, to to help see the picture and and make the right choices or maybe even make the wrong choices. But then you know, just to get the the kind of feedback that that we were getting, and it's it's much different than a lot of the other um, schools around the country where the coach is the the one that kind of tells you what to do, whereas here it's very hands-on, you know, everyone's making suggestions and whoever's up throwing the shot takes those suggestions to, to kind of paint a picture as to what he or she needs to do. And that seems to be something that you see the good teams do, even that are, are successful at the USBC Open Championships, whether they're 20 or whether they're 60, they're working together, they have confidence enough in the person who's giving them that feedback and the lanes and saying, hey, you need to move. You left a four pin or, you, you know, the person that behind them makes the move because they saw, well, gee, Chris went high and left a four pin. I know that I'm in the same zone as he is, so I need to make a move before I leave a four nine or a four pin as well. But talk about how you guys are able to gain that trust. Uh, you know, a group of 18, 19 year old kids all coming to college, you know, meeting or maybe meeting for the first time, maybe seeing each other's game sometimes for the first time. How are you guys able to build that uh, camaraderie so that you know when you're in crunch time you can trust a, a bowler to help you out and be your eyes, you know, on each shot? You know, it really comes down to just time spent together. Uh, whether it's traveling to singles tournaments, traveling to college tournaments, or, um, you know, just being in a, in a room together and, and hanging out and growing more comfortable with the guys. Um, me personally, I bowled with all four of the other guys. My freshman year I spent with Brent and, um, my second year on the team I spent with the other four guys. So having spent a little bit of time with everyone, it really helps me personally, um, you know, have a little bit more confidence because it's one thing to go through the program and, and be successful in college. It's another thing to, to take all that knowledge and time and effort and input it into a tournament outside of college. And I think the big thing for the five of us is the fact that we know that all five of us want to be successful at the sport of bowling really just kind of makes our confidence in each other that much more, uh, more, uh, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, makes our confidence a little bit, uh, higher for each individual because we know that when it comes down to it, we're going to put a shot online if we need it. I mean, that came in on a fill shot after not bowling for two or three games in Baker to, throw a strike for 300 like you don't encounter somebody that can take that much time off and then just label one like that so it's just a lot of time and a lot of just interacting with each other and and realizing that these guys went through the same thing that you have gone through and they put in just as much time and just as much effort and they have the utmost confidence in me and the other guys so it's very easy for me to reciprocate that feeling and that emotion towards them. And I think that when you're in the moments, like we were when we were bowling, everyone can feel kind of everyone's uh, emotions and they can feel 
what everyone else is is feeling in that in that moment, and it, it's just uh, something that you don't get to experience very often, um, especially outside of of college bowling. Oh yeah, very true. You know, they uh, all that relationship that you build and. Honestly, the reality is when you get that level of trust between you and the guys that are, uh, they got your back, it, it becomes like they are your, you have four other ball reps standing behind you, or in college, in most cases, it's seven other ball reps, and uh, you lean on them for, uh, you look to them for that, for that advice and that help when, you know, you are uh, a little lost out there and and that sort of thing. So I bet that's got to be one fantastic feeling, knowing that those guys got your back like that. Yeah, absolutely. And and it also helps that everyone on, you know, Coach V always says that all good bowlers are smart individuals, whether it's on the lanes, off the lanes, or both. So knowing that, for instance, Justin and Zach – Justin, I believe, is still in the engineering department at Wichita State, which is one of the most difficult uh, programs to be in yeah. at Wichita State. Zach was also in the engineering program. He, I believe, just switched over to business. And Brent has a business degree. Uh, Mitch is going through the, uh, I want to say, business program, international business. I don't quote me on that. I'm not 100 percent sure about that. But everyone that I, that I've encountered at at Wichita has been both bowling smart and school smart. And it just you can always trust what they're saying because one, they're not going to lie to you about something that they see, whether you see it or not. They're not going to lie to you about it. And then two, it's always going to be something that you can trust. And I think that's the a big factor in team bowling is you have to be able to trust what other people are telling you. And if you can't do that, then you're not going to be successful. So Chris, I had Brent on back right after he, right after you guys took the lead for the team event. And I said, Brent, can you compare this to any shot you guys have bowled on at college? And he said, honestly, no, I can't. So I want to pose that question to you. And then Chad yourself as well in bowling, uh, have, has there been anything, and all three of us now have bowled on this pattern, and I honestly can't think of a pattern that I've bowled on that there was such, you know, the, the when you look at just purely the length, and I know there's loads and it's all sorts of differentness in the, you know, in the loads and how they can make that a 38-foot pattern play like it's 45 feet, et cetera. But is there any, been any you know, other patterns that you can bowl on in either, you know, your time on the PBA Tour, Chris, uh, and Chad, i ask you the same as well and your thoughts. Anything similar to this that you guys have bowled on that you said, okay, play kind of like this, so this is what I'm going to do? Um, you know, last year at the USB, USBC Open, um, the pattern links in comparison to last year and this year weren't really that different. It was just that the gutter didn't really want to seem, it didn't really want to hook that much off of it, uh, as, it, as compared to last year. Um, so for me last year and this year, um, played pretty close. But as far as, like, outside of that, I've, I've never seen anything like this in college. Um, but I bowled a tournament up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, called the Paragon Open. And it's always on uh, 40-foot flat. And 
Uh, he, you know, varies the, the loads and things like that in the pattern. But that is by far the toughest uh, tournament to to one bowl and make cut. And then two, it's the the toughest tournament pair to pair because it's not a very big house. It's only 16 lanes, I believe. And you have, I believe, 10 people to a pair. So it's going through a lot of transition. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of people bowling all over the place. So it kind of gives you the same kind of feel as, you know, you have to be consciously thinking, okay, well, if this is what the ball is doing now, um, you know, and be able to kind of not really predict, but kind of foresee what the ball might do in three frames, eight frames, a game and a half, you know, and kind of be able to, to look out for it that way. When you see it, it's not like, whoa, what is that? And you get confused. Right, I agree. You you want to manage it a little bit so you're not you're not shocked later on down the road when, uh, like in college, there those shots uh, always turned into a loft to left gutter fast and always yeah. just uh, especially down in the south where everything hooks already across Florida and Georgia and Alabama. Wow, um, but I agree yeah. with Chris that um, last year's pattern was probably the most similar. Uh, to this year's pattern, the outsides were a little bit tighter. Um, and then no hold in the middle, unless you try to create it with something, you know, plastic. We tried throwing plastic. Half of us were throwing uh, plastic down like 12, 13, and other us others were throwing uh, just charcoal down uh, five, six, seven area uh, in practice, and tried to break them down the exact same way as we did last year. Last year, I think we finished about 56th and this year we had another top 100 um and i think i listened in on brent's uh podcast there chris that you guys tried something similar when you uh this year on your trip out there with uh plastic and and then throwing some stuff way outside trying to open it up a little bit yeah we got that uh one of the showcase lanes uh a pair and on one pair we had a couple guys throw plastic uh, laying it down roughly around eight, trying to hit the head pin, um, trying to create a little bit of push. And then on the other lane, we broke down, uh, I think it was like four, five, six, somewhere around in there. Uh, not a whole bunch of surface. I think our lowest beer was probably a thousand. So it wasn't anything huge. We didn't want to cliff them. And, uh, we didn't really see any kind of effect with the plastic. There just wasn't enough time. Um, so we, we decided that once we, got out there on the lanes, we were going to just break down, you know, four, five, six, and we were going to stay right as long as we could um, to, you know, try to blow them open for the last two games. And uh, we gave uh, we gave Zach a hard time, actually, because his fill shot after the first game, he moved into about, I want to say 16 or 17, and he was throwing a, a medium kind of polished ball um, and it went through the pins amazing. But I looked at Brent and I was like, you know, I, I really don't know that this is going to work. It might be, you know, it might be the the best ball reaction that we get or it's going to be our downfall. And I looked at Zach, I was like, do you think that you could stay right longer or do you think that that's where you're going to need to be? And he goes, that's where I need to be. So this is kind of where the trust comes in. Uh Brent and I both looked at each other and go, 
okay, this is, you know, this is what we're going to do then. So, um, we proceeded to kind of inch left closer to where Zach was. And I think we, you know, I think Zach shoots 270 or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and then finally, you know, everybody was like, okay, this is, this is where we need to be. I mean, we still shot 1160 or 70 or whatever, whatever it was. We shot 1100 and, uh, we were like, okay, this is where we need to be. We need to, you know, move left and, and, really take advantage of, of all the angle that we're creating, uh, through the pins and give it a run. And Zach shoots 260 the last game. I shoot 270. I think, uh, Justin and Mitch had two twenties and Brent had a two thirty or something like that. Somewhere around there, we shoot one of the highest games of the, the tournament, almost shooting 1200. I think we shot 1190, 1190 something. I don't remember. And that was a, a couple opens in there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That Lots was of strikes. Yeah, it was eleven ninety five, and um, yeah, it was the highest game of the tournament too. By the way, your eleven seventy eight second game and eleven ninety five, which is oh, what the, what put you guys in. And it's yeah. funny how you remember it because I'm looking at the USBC release here, and you pretty much nailed everything. So it's it's um, it holds true to form how you remember things. And talk about your companion team and how they were able to help you guys, like you're saying. Because here's what I, what I saw when we bowled, and we went with we didn't have a companion team, and I did a show with Steve with this, where I said I don't know what to expect. We could get uh, you don't know what you're going to have a guy throwing charcoal yeah. like just swinging the lane or doing something crazy. And we actually crossed with an, an older group of guys, lower rev players, who stayed outside. And I felt like on team for us it created hold. So we had a little bit of hold in the middle, you know, in, in around nine ten, you know, eight nine ten, and we had that swing out to five six or you know six ish. Um, mm-hmm. And it just felt like they had, you know, they helped create that for us, you know, un- unknowingly because they were trying to score and they weren't scoring so hot, but they were playing their normal game. And by them playing their normal game, it created us, you know, some room for us. And you guys had a couple straighter players as well that you were crossing with. Did you see any uh, any benefit to bowling with a team like that? And I'm wondering if that maybe sometimes as the patterns get tougher that you just have. You pair teams up like that so they don't, you know, you don't all don't have to move so quick because you guys don't burn up the patterns as quick. Is uh, any truth to maybe that moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. We this year we had three ladies on the on our companion team: uh, Ashley Bright, Kaylin Quinn, and Leela Yaya. And uh, we also had two other guys that were very similar to the the five of us on on the other team uh, as far as rep rate and, and the way that they played length and kind of the whole aspect of, of having the ladies bowl was we just wanted one, we wanted people there that we knew and we were going to be able to have fun with. And if we had a chance at, you know, winning an Eagle that we're going to appreciate the experience as much as we were. Um, and the fact that we had a couple of, uh, a couple ladies and a lefty, the uh, Lilo is a, a left-hander. So she, her traffic is not even relevant to the other nine players, which I felt kind of bad for her because, you know, we couldn't really help get her lined up. And when she would finally get to the pocket, it would be flat seven or a, a high six then. Um, but having the two ladies definitely created a little bit of uh, hold for us and also created friction because – they were right of us, but their angles were more closed than us, than ours. So 
they were beating up the fronts while also carrying oil down lane for us a little bit. Um, and the other two guys just gave us two more uh, shots per frame to kind of watch and get an idea as to, to what to expect whenever we go over there, whether, you know, if one of them goes high or both of them go high, then we know, okay, we need to make a little move over there. And it was just smart. It was a smart setup on Brent's part because this was his entire idea was to get uh, the ladies involved and have a couple of guys on the other team that were in the four or five holes. So that way we could see, okay, they threw a good shot. They went high or, you know, the ball's burning up, whatever. We could kind of see what was happening and be ahead of the move instead of waiting till Zach throws a shot to be like, okay, yeah, we need to move and waste pins, not really waste pins, but lose pins on, on our, on our team score. So kudos to Brent on that. Wow. It sounds like it was the perfect storm. Just everything came together and, uh, sounded like it was couldn't have been more perfect honestly do you see uh you guys doing that same group of 10 again in the future yeah i know for a fact that nine are coming back um the one that i am not sure about is leela um i don't know that she's going to be able to do it because i think we're moving our team date a little further into june i think we're aiming for the third week in june or something like that something like that brent Brent was crazy for a little while. He uh, he kept looking at the scores every day and, and texting us like, oh, 20-some-odd days left. Uh, I told him to just, just relax, and, you know, if it happens, it happens. But Brent's always the one that wants to be in the know and, and uh, you know, kind of have a, an idea as to who has a shot and who doesn't. So I was really surprised that as soon as the last team squad finished, he wasn't, you know, calling everybody like, oh, we won, we won. But... And I guess he did take uh, take my advice and not really watch it as much because he, uh, he he seemed to calm down the last uh, ten days or so and not uh, didn't seem so anxious and uh, and worried about somebody beating their score. Talk about the motion that you guys are able to see. You guys throw different equipment from different manufacturers, but talk about how your motion and the ball motion you were seeing in Reno was all similar and how you're able to put that all together as well. And and what the what was the motion that you guys were looking for? You know, we, I think every team's initial goal when going out there is to control the pocket. Find a way to get nine. Because if you can get nine, that means you're relatively close to getting ten. So if you, our first goal was to get nine. And once we figured out how to do that on the, uh, uh, the, the showcase lanes, we were like, okay, we need to remember this. And I think it varied, uh, for each person, obviously, because, um, like, I threw kind of the same uh, same style ball that uh, Zach was throwing. He was throwing a uh, kind of a mid-range shiny ball, uh, games two and three. I threw a, a mid-range shiny ball, games two and three. Um, and I believe Mitch... Justin and Brent, who have higher ball speeds and a little bit higher rev rates than Zach and I were in the the kind of the the benchmark duller pieces that are going to be really good at blending out the pattern. Um, 
And all we wanted to do was just have our ball, you know, make one smooth kind of banana shape uh, in into the pocket. You know, we didn't want it to be really skid flippy. We didn't want it to be too early. We just wanted it to just really blend the pattern. And whether we did that with speed or surface or, you know, uh, hand position it you know whatever we had to do to to make it blend the pattern the best is what we were going to do and um i think it showed how well we did that game one because most teams you know game one they're struggling to to shoot a thousand and i mean granted we barely got to a thousand i think we shot a thousand three or five or something like that but we shot a thousand and i think that was huge for us to give us a little bit more confidence going into the uh, the next two games, seeing that, okay, yeah, they are getting easier, so let's really take advantage of this. And once we moved left, it was more of more open angles, trying to get it to the friction early to get it to change directions um, and kind of stop hooking. We wanted to just change directions and go forward. And once everyone figured out how to do that, I mean, it was just – as long as we got it, you know, around the, the six, seven, eight marker with conviction behind it, we were striking. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to throw it away from the pocket too much, but at the same time, that's what the, the, the pattern and the, the, the lanes required us to do. And to our fortune, that's, you know, something that everyone can actually capitalize on, especially with the, the five of us. Um, that's kind of, well, I will say it's four of our A games. Brent is more of that, uh, he likes to give them the high hard one a lot of the time. I agree, Chris. I think that's, uh should be everyone's modus operandi when they get out there. Balls are just slow, off the spot, not, you know, not jerky. It doesn't hockey stick down the lane. And I think that's where most bowlers uh, could benefit from is seeing balls that are, Smooth, controlled off the spot. You're not going to give away the pocket. Um, you know the 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 guys that had the best look, and we talked we talked about it as I'm sure you guys did for quite some time beforehand. You know, balls that are lower RG, solid mat finish. Uh, you know a short pin to path, something like two inches. Um, balls that just can give you can give you the better chance of getting eight or nine every shot. And mm-hmm. uh, you know we didn't leave very many splits um didn't strike as much as you guys did but we also didn't leave uh too many unmakeable spares um so i completely agree with you that that sort of look is should be everyone's ultimate goal when they go out to something that's as tough and as flat and uh as the open championships mm-hmm. yeah i definitely agree with that and i think uh the the difference for us in comparison to your team we didn't we were using like I think I was using a like a four inch pin to path uh, ball with and it was down uh, uh, below my bridge, so uh, it lowered the, the the differential just a little bit. So I wanted to stay on line a little bit longer. I didn't want to really jerk down lane, um, and I believe that all five of us were using those, you know, four to four and a half inch from our paths that really those from from what I've seen, those style of of uh, layouts for just people in general seem to 
to blend the lane a little bit more because they're not too early. They're not too late. They just want to just read in the mid lane and, and, uh, and control the pocket really well for you as long as you're in the right area on the lane. Well, great stuff, Chris Prather. Want to thank you for joining us today. Chris, again, bowl collegiately at Wichita State for a couple of years. Want to also thank you, Chad, for hopping in, kind of pinch hitting here. And I uh, have to say, you did great. And by all means, we'd love to have you sit in again in a pinch. I would be absolutely honored, Tim. Anytime, buddy.